He's wearing a Roddy Collins jacket. He's got his teeth done like Ross from Friends. He is looking, <laughs> ma- he, 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 he's looking magnificent and he's ready to go. Just for the pod, lads. Just for the pod. Download the OTB Sports app and subscribe to the GAA podcast feed now. Hello there, welcome along to Monday Evenings Off The Ball. I trust you're all covered in FA Cup magic dust after the weekend that was. We'll have a football show with Pat Nevin and Kieran Shannon as well. Fantastic writer for the Irish Examiner, Kieran Shannon. Also, a long-suffering Nottingham Forest fan, finally a day in the sun. So we'll talk to Kieran about the life of being an Irish-based Nottingham Forest fan. Laid bare, that's on the way after nine o'clock. Manchester United Aston Villa, by the way, is on tonight in the FA Cup. This hour, we will speak to the great Caitlin Thompson on freedom for Novak, plus Jerry Thornley and Fiona Hayes on Monday Night Rugby. 53106 is the text number. Do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Add off the ball on Twitter is where you'll get us as well. Nathan Murphy, hello to you. Hey, Joe. Are you covered in magic dust? What are you covered in, Nathan? Well, that's... Uh, I don't know if you want to know, Joe. Uh, magic dust, yes. Sprinkled in magic dust by the wonder of Wes and Cambridge. Well, indeed. Richie McCormick, hello to you. I was wondering why Mr. Shannon favorited a tweet of mine mentioning Forrest last night because I was saying on Twitter that the amount of people over the age of 35 who kind of sort of used to like Forrest but never actually had them as their favorite team were watching that game against Arsenal yesterday. Um, but yeah, it was, it's was. it been a good weekend for, for FA Cup PR. It certainly has. Yeah. Well, I is suppose... Is any uh, club in go football... Go sorry, Joe, I was going to ask, is there any club in all of football that is dominated by one figure in the way that Nottingham Forest is with Brian Clough? You cannot think about Nottingham Forest more than three seconds without Clough being front and centre of everything you know about them, all their greatest periods, and the likability of Nottingham Forest is down to Brian Clough. Yeah, I mean, definitely up there in terms of one club men. I suppose, like, you say Manchester United, you think of Ferguson and Busby, but then there's so many others. So, yeah, no, I take your point. Yeah, it's a different proposition entirely isn't it Uh, there is a a thing certainly in this country and I suppose maybe to a lesser extent in the UK where you support clubs in your area but over here uh, akin to having the year you were born and your email address depending on which club you support you can be dated a touch I mean there's there's a cohort of Leeds United fans of a certain age there's Nottingham Forest fans of a certain age I think a couple of years older than me there's there's a batch of Aston Villa fans and I think fellas in 30, 40 years, all the kids who support Newcastle will be like, why do our dads support Man United and Liverpool? What's that about? So I think there's a, I think there's a bit I of that with Kieran with, Shannon. Uh, I once worked with not one, not two, but three Sheffield Wednesday fans in the one workplace at the one time, and only one of them was actually from Sheffield. So yeah, you can kind of glom onto these teams when they have their moment in the sun, mm. and Forrest had uh, <laughs> more than a couple of moments in the sun uh, under Brian Clough in the late 70s and early 80s, so you can understand why uh, there are people still hanging on there, and people who have been long-suffering, and it was mentioned on commentary, I think Sam Matterface just dropped it, just as they were walking over the second half, it's 23 years, 22, 23 years since Forrest were in the Premier yeah. League, we kind of still think of them as being that side that were there five, six years ago, tops, but no, it's been 23 years, and it's, it's only going to go further but Steve Cooper seems to be doing a bit of a job there and fingers crossed from their point of view that he can continue uh, to build what he started there because it's looking good Well we'll ask Kieran Shannon what the last 20 years have been like so that's on the way after 9 o'clock Pat Nevin <laughs> as well and then Nathan Freedom for Novak I understand you were uh, you, you tuned to the wireless ear against the speakers waiting for word on Novak and, and danced when word came through that he had been uh, released freed in fact oh. 
Well, I was deciding whether to stay up and watch the Tournament of Champions till 3 o'clock in the morning with uh, an ear on Novak Djokovic, but I decided maybe bed was a better option. I got a shout when I woke up this morning and saw the news that he was actually been allowed in. I was quite shocked. I thought the odds were massively stacked against them, uh, considering all the negative publicity, considering uh, the way that those in authority have spoken about him, and also just the way that immigration in Australia works. If they don't want you there, they seem to be able to get rid of you. But he found a judge who found a lot of fault, it seems, with how Australia handled this scenario. And I know it's not a done deal so far, but God, it would be difficult and I think would create, judging on the feedback from the other players, would create a serious issue for the Australian Open if at this stage they decided to get rid of Djokovic and uh, kick him out of the country again. But God, it's become one heck of a, heck of a mess. That isn't sorted at all when you even look at the press conference that his family held today when they were asked about the issue of the fact that Djokovic was seen in public at a presentation with children the day after he says he tested positive for COVID. Uh, the press conference was shut down rather quickly when a question was asked about that. So mm. there's a lot to run in this, but right now it's hard to see how he doesn't line up in the Australian Open next Monday. Yeah, it's total circus. I mean, what was interesting about the judgment today from Anthony Kelly, good Irishman there, I'm sure, uh, down the line, is that it was more of a procedural issue. So he quashed the detainment of Djokovic on the basis that Djokovic, when he arrived at the airport... He hadn't been given enough time to give some kind of legal response when they said, you're not getting in. He should have been given several hours. Instead, after 45 minutes, they said, right, your time's up. If you haven't got a response, you're not being let in. And so it was on that procedural issue that his current attainment was quashed. It wasn't as if he said, oh, the exemption is good, bad or indifferent. He didn't even get into the exemption. And so, as you referenced, Nathan, it's going to fall on the Minister for Immigration, Alex Hawke, to make, effectively, I think, a... an executive decision on this. I was looking into Alex Hawke. Interesting fella. He's uh, against same-sex marriage. He supported a reduction in foreign aid. He wants to limit government responses to climate change. And he strongly supported new rules to allow religious schools expel students who are gay, bisexual or transgender. Uh, But aside from that, I don't know much about his politics. So it's going to fall on Alex Hawke to make a decision here on the Djokovic situation. And it's amazing how it's become all so politicised. Why was Nigel Farage there? Why? Why? <laughs> no, genuinely. Like, because I was trying to think, what's what's the a, yeah. what's the angle? Is he anti-vax or why is he pitching up with the Djokovic clan? He he's lent that way a little bit in recent weeks. Um, but there was a brilliant meme did the rounds last night, um, featuring Mrs. Merton. I don't know if people would remember Mrs. Merton, the great Carolina Heron figure, and she once put the line to Debbie McGee, and it was repurposed for Nigel Farage. So it's like, so Nigel, what has attracted you to the multi-millionaire sports star Novak Djokovic? <laughs> yeah, um, which obviously went down really well with the likes of Andy Murray online. But like, Farage is is, is a leech and will glom onto to any situation that could possibly benefit his brand. Uh, so I don't think we should take too much notice of him um, but it would be in line with the uh, political leanings of the Djokovic family and how Novak feels about you know Rako Mladic over in Serbia and his denial of genocide in Bosnia and, and stuff like that because they've entertained people like that before so Farage wouldn't be beyond the pale for them to, to be welcomed into the family oh, Maybe that's it I couldn't really work it out I mean the trophy room that Farage was welcomed into <coughs> did look absolutely fantastic Andy Murray with the tweet of the weekend clearly so he's uh, retweeted Farage entry and said please record the awkward moment when you tell them you spent most of your career campaigning to have people from Eastern Europe deported just the uh, 300,000 likes there that's Nathan Murphy-esque well uh, it's going to be fascinating to see if he does line up next week what the reaction 
is going to be in Melbourne. What do you think, by the way? What do you think, Nathan? Do you think you get good reaction? Oh, no, no, I think it'll be unless somehow uh, all the Serb community managed to buy up all of the tickets. I think it'll be an overwhelmingly negative reaction towards Djokovic uh, it does seem as though your your average Australian is pretty peeved with what's happened considering the sacrifices they've made particularly in Melbourne more than any other city over the last two years uh, that an exception is being made so I, I'd be shocked if uh, Djokovic wasn't pretty much booed out of the place the right. second he comes on and it does it doesn't seem and maybe we will hear from Novak Djokovic over the next 24 48 hours it doesn't seem he's softened his stance in any way uh, doesn't you know really is going down the line as though he has been incredibly hard done by here by not being allowed into the country and that he's the one who's been completely screwed over which uh, maybe because the way the Australian government have gone about this, uh, maybe that will work and maybe people will see through what the Australian government have been trying to do. Yeah, I think he does have grounds to feel a touch hard done by. We can get into the issue that he's been photographed all around Serbia and Belgrade after his supposed positive test and not masked and surrounded by like 25 teenagers in one photo. But just on what happened with the exemption, it seems he was diagnosed with covid on the 16th of December, registered with the public health school there. So it's official. He has COVID a second time and he goes through the two boards where one of their criteria, now it seems the Prime Minister's disagreeing with this, but again, that's on Australia, like what a mess. But one of their criteria is if you've had COVID in the last number of months, you get your exemption. He proves he's had COVID just uh, several weeks ago. So in fairness to him, I would think he left for Australia in good faith, thinking I've gone through the boards twice. I had COVID in December that's my um, box ticked in I go so I do have a degree uh, for, of sympathy from Richie not his wider uh, stance and all this but just in terms of the minutiae of turning up to Australia thinking he had, he had everything sorted and then it seems Australia are all over the place as to what qualifies for exemption and what doesn't yeah, that's that's the that's the main issue here is that Tennis Australia, uh, the f- uh, local governments in Victoria, and then the federal government, all had three different avenues for which somebody could enter the country. And he went with the route that he thought was acceptable, and he's been told no. And we've had this uh, process here, but like as we keep coming back to, it could all have been sorted so easily if Djokovic had just, you know, A, either announced his vaccine status or B, got vaccinated. Like, he's going into um, locker rooms that are full of people. They're not, like, you know, closed off one man per locker room. It's, like, a, it's a wide open kind of space, the same as it would be in, like, a gym or, or whatever else. And you, you're sitting around in front of your fellow players and you have a, a deal of responsibility, particularly as somebody who's so prominent in the game and is the world number one and is a 20-time Grand Slam winner. You have a duty of care towards your opponent um, during any sport and that falls into that category he has a duty of care here and has decided to make a massive point to get himself holed up in a hotel for two three days all because he doesn't want to fall in line and wants to be seen as this you know bodily autonomy you know rebel like it's silliness on his behalf and it could have been easily sorted a long long time ago as Rafa Nadal pointed out last week no I I, I, I do agree but but shouldn't he be I mean I, I do agree with you in many ways but He's entitled to not get vaccinated as much as many of us would disagree with that and just think, God, would you not listen to the expertise here? He's entitled to not get vaccinated. And then to be treated like this and the plaything of all these politicians, increasingly as it goes on, that's why I wonder, Nathan, about the reception he might receive. I I do think some people might look at the situation and say, well, he's a pawn here. Now, admittedly, a pawn worth 200 million and many aspects of it self-inflicted, but there's definitely a degree to which he is a pawn. 
Absolutely. Like, I think there are two different scenarios. I think we're all in agreement that he should have just got vaccinated and made his life a lot easier and made everybody else's life around him a lot safer. But he's chosen not to do that. He travelled to Australia on the presumption he would get in because he has had COVID and the rules as he understood them said he should be allowed in. The Australian government, obviously, when I wouldn't be at all surprised if the first they knew about this was when Novak Djokovic put out his tweet, saw a backlash coming, reacted in the way they have, and have, as you say, have created one of the greatest circus we've ever seen around any sports person. Listening and reading some of the Australian newspapers, it does seem as though while Australians and the Australian voters might be able to see through what's happening, they also agree with the line that the government is taking yeah that there will be a strong serbian population a strong anti-vax movement who will be very vocal in their support for novak djokovic but the majority of people and it's a country that's up there with ireland in the most vaccinated in the world are thinking well we have sacrificed and this guy has made it clear that he will not sacrifice anything hmm. so yeah why should we have any sympathy for him yeah, well, we'll talk about it with Caitlin Thompson a little bit. I, I don't know out there, are people bored silly of this story or that they find it all very interesting? It definitely opened my eyes to the Australian immigration policy generally, which does not seem like the kindest system in the world. Uh, you mentioned, by the way, watching the Tournament of Champions on Sunday, Cam Smith with a 34 under par winning total, uh, lowest in PGA Tour history, although big asterisks beside that because there were preferred lies Thursday and Friday. But just to mention, I think Gary Murphy on... Uh, Golf Weekly last week was top, 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 top. He was absolutely uh, brilliant. So go find that on Patreon if you're interested, just to uh, give that a mention. We should start the news round because, Rich, I know there's plenty going on. It is, as ever, with thanks to our friends at Gillette. Put your best face forward with their new and improved razors. Somebody has given out to me for calling Nottingham Forest, Knott's Forest. I'll get to that text in a second. I think I've I've committed something very serious there. But you're starting with the live football this evening. Uh, More 4-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-
if Liverpool had lost yesterday, yeah, it'd be a story for 24, 48 hours. But is it going to massively impact on their season? And I saw John Aldridge saying how, you know, Jurgen Klopp needs to win trophies, needs to win more trophies that a Premier League and a Champions League probably isn't enough for what he has done at Liverpool so far. Again, yeah, if you get to the quarterfinal, semifinal, then then you want to go and win it. But before that, you're just trying to somehow stumble your way through. No. It's probably slightly different tonight for Manchester United because of the situation that Ralph Rangnick finds himself in that they're constantly on the verge of crisis and in the midst of one again that suddenly if you lose at Old Trafford against Aston Villa it escalates uh, and goes up a couple more notches the level of pressure you're in but you can't you can say yes all the stories all of that it's great to see some giant killings great to see some league non-league sides getting in about it but does it get you emotionally anymore? No, I don't I think don't, so. I just don't care about it. Just don't care about it. Like in the slightest, which is terrible because I used to love I it. I do. Do you? Yeah. I just. I, why, why do you care about it when yeah, like, like I, I none watched, of the I watched... teams who are mostly familiar to us, when they actually don't give a damn about it? Why are the teams that you're mostly familiar with the only ones that matter? Well, they're the ones I have a relationship with and the ones I'm interested in. I never said the others didn't matter. They matter to their fans. But well, I mean, as a neutral observer, I'm just. Just exactly. can't, can't get into it, you know. Exactly, it's 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 an egalitarian it's an egalitarian cup competition where everybody has a chance of beating somebody else, no matter what lineup they put out. I think what they did brilliantly, actually, they crossed the weekend. Newcastle's case in point in this, actually, regardless of the result against um, Cambridge, is that they had lower ticket prices, so there was like fifty thousand in to see that whether it was a, a a good a good day or a bad day for Newcastle. I watched a lot of the highlights as well. The only bad attendance I saw was at Stoke, uh, where there's about you know five people rattling around the bet three six five for that one. But I think everywhere else did. Really really good job where even championship sides before had struggled to get gates for FA Cup third and fourth round day they actually managed to get people in which I think added to, to matters but like seeing results like Forrest beating Arsenal yesterday granted it wasn't a great game but it matters hugely to Forrest and what Steve Cooper is trying to do at that football yeah. club but that, but that uh, the doesn't matter dotted but, around the weekend but, but the likes you understand, Kidderminster you, the likes of you understand why that doesn't matter to me do you know what I mean that's just why, what <laughs> why do I matter why I don't <laughs> But I'm just yeah. giving, I'm just giving my opi- like, I'm just giving of, my opinion of, in so much as it doesn't matter. I know, yeah, none of us none of us none of us do, and these football clubs are all older than us, and they'll all outlive us. So they're the ones that kind of matter. And, and if they have a good day out and they have a good weekend, then fair play to them and good luck to them, and, and they continue the magic of the cup. I don't think our opinion matters a jot, whether we whether yeah. we like but, it or not. But you that you enjoy you get into all that. Oh yeah. 100%. Like, okay. it's a really, really good weekend. Like, there's games dotted around the weekend. You've got matches from Friday evening up until yesterday evening. Like, it's all, it's really good stuff. Yeah, I think, I, I think like, the FA Cup should remain as a competition for that reason. As Richie said, that it matters and sure. it's the one opportunity for those players. I think it has lost a lot of relevance for the vast majority of people simply because like, we all got so excited for the FA Cup third round because it was a weekend where there were probably more matches on than any other weekend of the season whereas now actually it almost in a way because it's relentless wall-to-wall Premier League almost feels like a, a bye weekend hmm. So Africa Cup of Nations is progressing yeah, a day of late goals and 1-0 victory so far in Cameroon. An injury time penalty from Sadio Mane handed Senegal a 1-0 win over Zimbabwe in Group B. Elsewhere in that group, Guinea beat Malawi by a single score as well. While Sufian Bufal struck seven minutes from time to give Morocco a 1-0 win over Ghana in Group C. Uh, the other game in that uh, group kicked off at 7pm. Tournament debutants indeed making their debut at a major tournament of any kind. Uh, Comoros are currently 1-0 down to Gabon. There's 21 and a half minutes played in that particular tie. 
uh, Djokovic family at a press conference today. Yeah, Djokovic says he's pleased and grateful that a judge overturned his visa cancellation. The men's number one has shared a picture from Melbourne's Rod Laver Arena as he begins preparations for the Australian Open. Federal Circuit Court Judge Anthony Kelly ruled in favour of the Serb overnight. However, Australian Immigration Minister Alex Hawke still has powers to deport Djokovic. Pictures have also emerged suggesting Djokovic met fans after testing positive in Serbia last month. He hasn't said if he knew he was positive when he met those fans. And at a family press conference today, Georgia Djokovic wasn't keen to answer if his brother was knowingly out in public while positive for COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, this press conference is adjourned at the moment. Thank you for attention. <laughs> Doesn't look great if you just go off his timeline on Twitter. So he said in his interview with the authorities that the COVID test was positive 16th of December registered with the Institute of Public Health of Serbia on the 16th and so it is on that same day he was uh, unveiling a stamp in his home country of himself he's indoors maskless there's a picture of him shaking hands with a guy (coughs) and then on the 17th we don't know if the photograph was taken on the 17th but uh, that's the assumption he's surrounded by 25 teenagers one adult this is the day after the infection all smiles at the uh, Novak Tennis Centre in Belgrade and then on Christmas Day he's photographed around Belgrade when he should be in self-isolation working off the numbers so it was on that note that the press conference was ended Uh, Simon Zebo, bad Saturday evening but new, new contract New two-year deal for Zebo at Munster. Looks like he'd be ending his career there. The winger turned full-back only rejoined the province from Racing in the summer, of course. Jeremy Lockman, Keenan Knox and Dermot Barron and Jack Daly have also signed new two-year deals today, while Ben Healy has put pen to paper on a one-year extension. Still no official word, however, on Malachi Fekitoa, who is expected to join from Wasps in the summer. Own Ty says, I hope the Forest fan, this will be Kieran Shannon, has a go at you for saying Notts Forest in that introduction. Disgraceful. There is no S in Nottingham. Notts County exists as they represent the county of Nottinghamshire. Come on, Joe, says Own in brackets, another lifelong Nottingham Forest sufferer, Nathan. She's really getting to them. 20 years of... Uh, well, yep. they've waited. They've <laughs> waited for 20 years to get their uh, little bit of coverage back on off the ball. And you can't even pronounce the name right? I apologise. I do apologise. No, you're dead right. Dead right to pick me up on that, in fairness. So, yeah, well, I, 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 would, I would have thought Knott's Forest was a thing. That would have been said back in the day. Really? A little bit, no? A little bit, no? Maybe. I, was younger. I don't like any. It was, yeah. Any no, it definitely people was. Who call, definitely people was. People who call Manchester United, Man United, I have no time for. Do you not? You don't like Man United? No. Why? No. Come on, unless you're unless you're eight, <laughs> call them what they're meant to be called. Is it, I don't know. Manchester United is just a little um, formal or OTT or something. I did hear a Manchester United fan refer to themselves as uh, long suffering uh, without irony just the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's well, it's what eight years. <laughs> yeah, we're like an FA Cup and a Europa League thrown in, but yeah, I suppose. Eight long years thrown in. Uh, Richie, time is coming against us. Is there any story you must bring the people before we go? An interesting one because Jamie McGrath has been linked with a move to Aberdeen. The Republic of Ireland midfielder is out of contract at St Mirren in the summer. Uh, they have offered him uh, a deal that would make him St Mirren's highest ever paid player. But Aberdeen are hoping to tie McGrath down to a pre-contract deal this month. Interesting, Nathan. Man in demand. 
Uh, yeah, there's obviously been quite a bit of speculation that he might move to the championship as well. You definitely just want him to go somewhere where he's playing all the time because, you know, if he's not in Stephen Kenny's first choice 11, he's sort of player number 12 or 13 right now and is going to get a lot of time over the next year. So wherever he goes, you just want to make sure he's on the pitch, he's making an impact. And this is maybe that little step up in the Scottish uh, League is the ideal move for him. Okay, very good, fellas. We are just out of time. Richard McCormick, thank you. Nice one. Nathan Murphy, thanks a mil. Cheers, lads.